Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. Slightly bleak, non-festive news, but it means that rising prices are looking like something we're going to have to get used to. I think that there are definitely certain sectors that have been hit harder than most. So if you take hospitality and leisure, they were definitely hoping this Christmas or the, the period leading up to Christmas to try and recoup some of the losses they'd incurred. I think they're a, they're a bit more nervous now about whether they'll be able to do that. I'd say if you're out shopping and you see something in the supermarket that you are going to want, then go ahead and buy it as the next time you go, it might not be available. Today, along with witch journalist Shafali Loth, we'll be taking a deep dive into supply issues and price rises ahead of Christmas. Find out the areas most likely to be affected and why, and the impact it could have on your Christmas table or shopping list. We are witch. At the time of recording today's episode, we have only two weekends before Christmas and as it's drawing closer, we're hearing a lot about supply shortages and price rises. In the last week, headlines have ranged from chip shortages affecting cameras and warnings over alcohol supplies to fish finger shortages in a Yorkshire pub. And these headlines, for any listeners like me who haven't already ticked off everything on their Christmas shopping list or even close, will raise questions around whether you'll be able to find everything you're after on the shelves over the next few weeks. Now we've touched recently on the podcast about supply chain problems and shortages of HGV drivers in relation to fuel and energy prices. If you haven't already heard our episode on energy last week, do go back and have a listen. It's a cracking one. But now speaking more broadly, when it comes to groceries and gifts, Shafali, what are the logistics that are causing experts to warn of potential shortages? I guess we're looking at a perfect storm of disruption, Mm. really, um, that's been caused both by Brexit and then the pandemic. Um, You mentioned the shortage of HGV drivers. um, And I guess that's been caused by several things. I guess, you know, there's changes to immigration rules post-Brexit, which have meant many EU drivers have left the UK. Uh, Tax changes have also made it harder for EU drivers to work here. And then there are longer term issues as well. Um, The number of drivers qualifying isn't matching the number retiring. Um, And then on top of that, the pandemic has also played a role, halting HGV driving tests, meaning people can't qualify for a significant time period. And then there are also the issue that many people have left to do other jobs. 
Another logistical issue is the shortage of seasonal workers across the food chain. Mm. So that's on farms, in processing and also manufacturing. We usually get a lot of seasonal workers from the EU. But again, post-Brexit, it's not been that easy for them to come. And others that were here have left the UK during the pandemic and returned home. In October, we saw news stories about pig farming, where there wasn't enough capacity in abattoirs or skilled butchers to process them, which then led to culling. Um, And there's also been some concern around shortages of turkeys for Christmas. There's a slightly different issue um, with turkeys compared to the pigs in that farmers almost preempted the capacity issues at slaughterhouses. And so they only bred what they knew slaughterhouses could deal with. But all the experts we've spoken to in our research say that these issues, issues of HGV drivers and labour shortages, aren't really only affecting Christmas. Instead, they're actually long-term issues that aren't going to go away and the industry really needs the government to step in and help address them. Um, Actually, most experts think think Christmas will be okay. And that's because retailers know how important it is to consumers and families. Mm. And so they'll really do their best to make sure that the products that we want are available on shelves. Now, if we take a look at spending habits, according to KPMG and the industry body British Retail Consortium, retail sales in the month of November were up 5% compared with last year. And one of the reasons for this could, of course, be that consumers wanted to buy products early on just in case they sell out. Shafali, you carried out a survey of 2,000 people asking how they feel about potential shortages. What did you find out? Yeah, so we surveyed 2,000 UK adults in October, and by the 22nd of October, nearly one in three had already bought their Christmas turkey or were planning to buy it earlier than usual. And around half of people told us they were planning to buy other products earlier than they would normally as well. And that was because of concern around shortages. Um, Of course, not everybody can afford to do this, and Mm. there's a real difference in shopping behaviours between different socioeconomic groups. Um, But I think most importantly, I I do need to add that in our survey, people are more concerned about rising prices, both food and energy bills, than they are about food shortages. Well, interestingly, the amount we've been spending on groceries paints quite a different picture compared with the upbeat one we've just heard about retail. The consultancy firm Cantar says grocery sales fell by 12.5% in the four weeks to late November compared with 2020. Though looking back to last year, we did go into a second lockdown on the 5th of November and circumstances were very different then. But on top of that, we're now contending with rising inflation. And according to Kantar, the average cost of a Christmas dinner is up by 3.4% this year. And in this report published just yesterday, it also says groceries overall are up by 3.2%, which is the highest rate of inflation they've recorded since June 2020. We've got more on this now from our podcast regular, Jenny Ross. Here she is with the latest on inflation and the squeeze caused by the cost of living. 
It's not just groceries where we're feeling the pinch, unfortunately. Uh, the latest figures show that inflation overall has shot up to 4.2% in October. That is the highest level for nearly a decade, since December 2011, to be precise. And what is driving that is, well, in large part, it's the higher household energy bills we all, all have been experiencing recently after the price cap went up by 12% in October. Obviously, something we've spoken about a lot in in previous episodes. Also, the cost of secondhand cars and fuel. And what's interesting is if, if you know if you look back over the past year, there has been there's starting to be a bit of a shift in the way that experts are talking about inflation as a whole. So um, you know, not that long ago, a few months back, maybe around the summertime, there was a lot of talk um, around inflation that came with the word transitory attached. So experts were saying that it was uh, largely down to the recovery from the pandemic. You know, people were starting to spend more as the economy opened up and that was pushing up demand and causing this, um, yeah, fleeting uh, temporary spike in inflation. Unfortunately, what we're seeing now is that that narrative is starting to tail off a bit and there is sort of dwindling confidence that inflation is going to be stabilising and coming down anytime soon. Um, the Bank of England's target there, the sort of optimum amount of inflation as they see is is 2%. But um, the Bank of England is now forecasting that inflation is going to reach 4.5% um, in November. So when the, when the figures come out from November uh, in a week or so's time, and they're expecting it to hit around 5% um, come April. So obviously, slightly bleak, um, non-festive news, but it means that rising prices are looking like something we, we're going to have to get used to. You know, with my with my money hat on, obviously, just you know, pointing out that not only is that going to squeeze um, our household budgets, but it also means our cash savings, any money we've got tucked away in the bank they are going to be losing value in real terms because the rate of interest that they're earning, that the banks and the savings providers are paying on that cash at the moment, just can't keep up with inflation, um, which is just racing away. bit of context for you on that. Um, a year ago, more than 200 savings deals beat the rate of inflation at that time. Now there is not a single one that is going to come anywhere close to 4.2%. The, um, the best instant access account that you could hope to get is around 0.7%. So I, yeah, I, I totally understand if there are any savers out there thinking, what is the point? Why should I bother shopping around? This is this is just futile. Um, but don't don't despair. Just make sure you're getting the best possible rate you can, um, and also think about if there's any money you are not going to need access to in the next few years. Think about whether it's time to to invest it if you haven't already. Obviously, that means taking on a degree of risk, all investment um, involves that, but it does give you a better chance of um, of inflation beating returns compared to um, keeping your money in cash. So do, do just have a have a think about the, the best strategy for the money you've got tucked away to give it give it the best chance of holding its value. We are which. So let's get into some of the key shopping areas over the Christmas period, how they've been affected by shortages and whether we might see any impact in our homes over Christmas. To kick this off, let's first hear from our producer Rob as he takes to the street to check on the availability of groceries and toys in his local area. Thanks Lucia. Yeah, welcome to a breezy 
festive morning here in West London. I'm on quite a busy high street. And I thought I'd come out and check for myself the state of play. Now I've got three supermarkets on this high street. They're all pretty busy. People inside preparing for Christmas, doing their shopping. So I'll check them out. I'll go in and I'll report back on what I find. Mask on. When it comes to the things that you want for your Christmas dinner. Got some parsnips there. Baby parsnips actually. There's no normal sized parsnips, just baby parsnips, if that's an issue for you. And I'm especially interested in the pigs and blankets situation. But here we go. 12 pack. £3.90. Really am getting my steps in today. Back down the other end of the high street. And in supermarket number two. So we're running short of onions, parsnips, maybe that's an on-running theme because I mentioned that in the first supermarket I was in. Baby potatoes, mushrooms, leeks, broccoli, all running low. Very exciting party bits that have uh, taken my eye in the corner there, but I'll, I'll move on to, on to fresh meat. Obviously we've got what you'd expect, pork, lamb, chicken. Chicken probably a bit less available than some of those other meats. I've also just realised, looking at that sign, I've missed the deadline to order my Christmas turkey. And also worth touching on the alcohol supply as well. Big part of many people's Christmases. The sparkling stuff is, is running a bit lower, so stuff like Prosecco, Champagne, Carver as well. Don't know whether that's just because it's especially popular, but might point towards a, a bigger problem in the supply chain. Back out of the supermarket, on my way to the last one. Just anecdotally, I stopped by a fruit and veg store, had a bit of a chat with the guy that runs it, and he was saying that rather than specific shortages, inconsistency has been the main problem for him. Saying that he turns up at the supplier in the morning and just doesn't know what will be and what won't be there. They won't be out for long, but it's the inconsistency, and that's the problem when you're trying to plan for you know, what you're going to sell, what you're going to buy, in that sort of role. If you don't know what's going to be there in the first place, that's obviously quite tricky. And finally, I've just been into, that's the biggest supermarket, so you can probably hear a delivery van, ironically, reversing next to me. But given it's such a big supermarket, I thought I'd have a look at the toy section. That's something that the other supermarkets didn't have. They were all mainly sort of food, groceries. And a really interesting picture when it comes to toys. Of course, many people listening to this might already be thinking about doing their Christmas shopping not long to go now. And my advice, based on what I've just seen, is, uh, is get out there while you can. Because, yes, the shelves were stocked, but I wouldn't say they were brimming with toys. So a really, really interesting picture out and about. Now I'm going to go back home and try and warm up a bit. Thank you for that, Rob. And thanks for bearing the cold for the show. Now, Shafali, can we start with turkeys and all the meaty trimmings you get on Christmas tables? I did see last month that the government introduced a temporary visa for seasonal poultry workers. But there has also been some sad news about pigs being culled due to a lack of workers, as, as you mentioned earlier. How has this impacted supply? So you're right, Lucia, the government did step in with temporary visas, 
But some in the industry say that this was just too little, too late um, to be able to deal with all the issues that had been building up. Um, We spoke to Andrew Opie, who's Food and Sustainability Director at the British Retail Consortium, and he told us that retailers would do their best to ensure people had what they need for Christmas. Mm. Um, He doesn't see there being a shortage of turkey, for example. While British farmers did adapt the number of birds they bred, you know, there's always the option to import birds if we need to meet demand um, and if there aren't enough British turkeys to go around. Uh, Nick Allen, who's CEO of the British Meat Processors Association, told us there might be fewer items such as pigs in blanket on shelves. And that's more to do with the shortages of labour because items such as pigs in blanket are really labour intensive to produce. So Mm. to deal with shortages in staff. Many manufacturers will have dropped them from their ranges and be concentrating on core items this year. And when pigs and blankets are available, they're likely to be more expensive. Mm. On a positive note, David Swales from the Agriculture and Horticulture Development Board told us that there will be plenty of British sausages, bacon, and also pork cuts on the market, as well as beef and lamb. So If you can't find any pigs in blankets, there is always the option to make your own. And Shafali, what about all the vegetable trimmings and other fresh produce? It was interesting to hear the comments Rob relayed earlier from the greengrocer about not knowing what would be available from one day to the next. Is this happening on a larger scale too? It is. And I think the inconsistency that Rob talked to the greengrocer about is key. Mm. Uh, Andrew Opie from the BRC told us there aren't shortages as such, but more interruptions in the food chain. So in the rem- in the run up to Christmas, demand for fruit and veg rises by around 30% in the fortnight before Christmas. And the fact that there are fewer HGV drivers means that shelves just aren't being replenished as frequently as they usually are. Um, But he did say that if something's missing one day, it's quite likely that it will be available the next day. Uh, The shortage of HGV drivers also means dairy farms might only have milk collections every other day instead of daily. And I guess this inconsistency and these interruptions make it harder to plan ahead for retailers and for consumers. Um, So to cope with these disruptions, retailers are prioritising what they transport. Um, They're doing this by streamlining their ranges. And so as a Mm. consumer, the impact of this might be when you're shopping, you might see a choice of two chutneys on the shelf instead of the usual four that are available. Or in the case of milk, you may only see one pint and four pint cartons, but not two. Now, before we get on to alcohol and gifts, let's bring prices back into the conversation. We've been speaking to Ed Dwan from accountancy firm BDO to find out what price rises are hitting businesses most and whether these are being passed on to consumers buying groceries and gifts this Christmas. When we surveyed our clients around this, about a third of them said that they they were anticipating they were going to be uh, implementing price rises in in the next quarter and and you're right that's that's clearly a result of a a combination of of broader inflation so in particular fuel fuel price prices going up energy costs increasing but also uh, wage inflation as well together with raw materials 
uh, increasing in price. So, so a combination of those factors mean I think price rises are inevitable at some point. I guess the, the, the unknown is how quickly they will come through, but certainly a third of our clients seem to, seem to think that that's fairly imminent. Ed also gives us some insight into which areas you're most likely to see this happening in now and in the near future. I think that there are definitely certain sectors that have been hit harder than most. So if you take hospitality and leisure, they were definitely hoping this Christmas or the the period leading up to Christmas to try and recoup some of the losses they'd incurred last year. I think they're they're a bit more nervous now about whether they'll be able to do that because of the new variant and some of the the restrictions and some of the cancellations that are now coming through as a consequence of that. So, so that sector's certainly been hit. I think retail uh, is a more mixed picture. So uh, high street retail has been hit quite hard, obviously by lockdowns, whereas online retail conversely has, has done very well in certain sectors. So so, yes, yeah, some areas are a mixed picture, but but there are definitely some some parts of the business community that have really suffered. Now, rising costs, along with supply issues, has recently been given as the reason to blame for wine and spirits deliveries running late and warnings over empty drink aisles in the supermarkets. This was all included in a letter to Transport Secretary Grant Shapps just last week from a group of 49 wine and spirits firms, including the likes of Moet Hennessy, Pernod Ricard and Campari. Shafali, what's the latest here? Have the issues been ironed out? I don't actually know, Lucia. This was only a week ago. Um, I guess what we do know is that alcohol firms are facing the same issues as the rest of the food and drinks industry Mm -hmm. at a time when demand for their products is high. And they're impacted in the same way by shortages of labour, HGV driver shortages, and then, as mentioned, the rising costs of production. And of course, food and drink aside, what about gifts? Because one area I found particularly interesting is the computer chip shortage, which you might not think would have much of an impact on you if you're not in the market for a laptop, say, but they're actually in cars and washing machines and toys, so many other products. Shafali, are there any standout areas where we're seeing supply issues? So I know toy retailers have been urging people to shop in advance to avoid disappointment, um, but that always seems to be the case around Christmas, and I don't know if that's any worse this year. Um, Andrew Opie told us that it's really likely only smaller specialist toy retailers will struggle with availability. Um, While container shipping has been slower than usual, and there are log jams at ports, he did say that toys are ordered such a long way in advance that a delay of a couple of weeks shouldn't really have too much impact on what we're seeing on shelves. And lastly, before we wrap up, can you leave us with some of your best saving tips for cutting costs at Christmas? We've got a brilliant guide of 12 ways to save on your Christmas food shopping, which we'll put a link to in the description. And Shafali, can you share some of your top tips? Yeah, well, given what our experts have told us about potential shortages and gaps on shelves, I'd say if you're out shopping and you see something in the supermarket that you are going to want, then go ahead and buy it as the next time you go, it might not be available. Um, 
many parts of a Christmas dinner can be prepared in advance. And actually, this preparing in advance can save you time on Christmas Day. For example, you can parboil potatoes and then freeze them, saving the roasting for Christmas Day. Uh, Things like red cabbage, gravy and stuffing, they can also be made in advance and frozen. And most meats also can be bought in advance and frozen and then defrosted the day before you want to use them. So my top tip would be plan ahead, think about what you need and if you see it in the shops, buy it. Thanks so much to Shafali for joining us today and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Witch Money podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and if you have, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review and do also hit follow to make sure you always catch our latest episode. As always, if you have any questions or for more information, you can also find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was recorded and produced by Rob Lilly with additional support by Ian Aikman.